0: Ahoy, mateys. Welcome back to Expedition Odyssey. This is the travel podcast for gamers, and I am your captain, Lesh Romeo Bantam. Guys, this episode marks the beginning of Season 2 of Expedition Odyssey. Get pumped! Get excited! It is also kicking off what I'm calling the Apex series. For the next few weeks, we'll be learning about the different cultures and places represented by the characters of Apex Legends. I will be collaborating with my really good friend, the average Apex legend himself, Mr. Olarte, as we learn more about our world, as well as the different legends. Today, we'll be taking a look at one of the original Apex Legends, Bloodhound, who represents the Nordic countries, including Iceland, Norway, and Sweden. I will be joined by Brian and Manny Rodriguez, and they will be talking about their time traveling to these countries. It's going to be a great episode, guys. Let's dive right in to episode 10.
1: travelers what's going on this is your average apex legend mr olarte and i'm super excited to be collaborating with captain lesh romeo banham for this apex series now lesh and i have been playing apex legends together since the game first came out and we have grown so much as players since the launch of the game now of course what makes apex legends so wonderful is its cast of unique characters now for the next few weeks we will be learning more about these characters and the real-life cultures that they represent. Now for this episode, we will be talking about the greatest hunter in the Apex games, Bloodhound, who will be representing the Nordic countries that include Denmark, Finland, Iceland, Norway, and also Sweden. But before we jump into Northern Europe, let's learn more about Bloodhound. Bloodhound, whose real name and gender are unknown, was raised by Bloodhound's uncle, Artur, after the death of Bloodhound's parents. Now, our tour taught Bloodhound the old ways, a belief system that focuses more on the glory of nature and rejects modern technology. However, Bloodhound was constantly drawn to technology and ultimately used both new and old methods to take down a Goliath after a gruesome attack on their village. Now, if you guys want to actually watch this happen, you can go ahead and go on YouTube, type in Apex Legends Stories from the Outlands, the old ways bloodhound and then you'll be able to see a 10 minute video clip of this happening and it's actually pretty well done now before i continue on with talking about bloodhound i wanted to let you guys know how you can find me and that's through instagram at mr olarte m-i-s-t-e-r-o-l-a-r-t-e and also check me out on youtube because i post videos every other day with Lash being in probably 90% of them. Now on my channel, I have a mixture between serious and fun gameplay. So if you guys wanna take the journey with me to becoming above average, come stop by. But enough about me, let's get back to Bloodhound. Now, Bloodhound is a master tracker and has some of the coolest abilities of the legends. Bloodhound can track enemy movements throughout the map, scan enemies so that the teammates can see them, and Bloodhound's ultimate it gives you increased speed, increased vision, and also increased scan so that teammates can see them through walls. Now, Bloodhound's not really characterized as an attack legend or an aggressive legend because, according to Apex Legends, Bloodhound is characterized as a recon legend based off of Bloodhound scans so that way teammates can see enemies through the uh, walls. But of course, as we mentioned, Bloodhound represents the Nordic countries and believes in the Norse gods. So I'm gonna pass it over to the captain of Expedition Odyssey and yeah, let's learn more about the countries that Bloodhound represents.
0: Hello, travelers. I am joined this week by my friends, Brian and Manny Rodriguez. Thank you guys so much for coming on to Expedition Odyssey.
2: It's our pleasure. Thanks so much for having us on board,
0: Les. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm glad we kind of get this chance to kind of catch up and talk a lot about your adventures. You guys have kind of traveled all over the world, uh, and we're going to be talking to you guys about your adventures in Iceland, Denmark, Norway, and Sweden this episode. Uh, Before we get into all that, go ahead and take your time uh, to introduce yourselves and be sure to include your favorite game of all time and your
2: favorite place that you've traveled to. All right. Hey, everybody. My name is Brian Rodriguez. I am 27 and a proud second generation Cuban American. Born and raised in Miami, Florida and graduated from Stetson University with a Bachelor of Music degree in voice back in 2015 and then an MBA in 2016. I love to exercise, spend time with family and friends, travel the world, watch TV. And of course, I do enjoy long walks on the beach. Probably um, <laughs> my favorite video game of all time is Kingdom Hearts 2. Kind Fun of fact about that, I cried at the end credits because it was so great. <laughs> and my favorite place that I traveled to has to be Barcelona, Spain.
3: Alright, and I am uh, Manny Rodriguez, the second born Rodriguez brother. It's two out of three. I also went to Stetson, uh, class of 2016, where I studied finance and classical voice. Uh, we both met Lesh through Fly New Alpha, the music fraternity at Stetson. Lots of fun. Uh, fun fact about myself. I am the world's number one Miami Heat fan.
2: <laughs> and
3: I also possess the highest hot sauce tolerance of anyone I know. My uh, favorite video game has to be Super Smash Bros. Melee by The Great Specific here. I always play as Luigi, the secondborn, as well as anything NBA 2K, big NBA fan, so love those games. Favorite place to travel to would have to be Ifjord, Norway.
0: Perfect, perfect. Now, uh, you guys work for Viking Cruise Lines, right? Uh, can you guys talk to us kind of about like how that all came about? Did you guys kind of dream of working on a cruise ship beforehand, or was it kind of more of an unexpected blessing that happened?
2: well um viking our our experience with viking has been for the past about three years now Mm many yeah so viking cruises operates uh they started on river then they started ocean and now they're launching their expedition branch as well so they operate in three different segments but the one that we're working with is the ocean vessels um we've always cruised together with our family on cruise ships growing up Every summer, we go on at least one or two cruises. It was our vacation of choice for our family. So I always kind of knew that I wanted to travel, but my personal um, thought of cruises was only in the Bahamas. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go see all these islands all the time. But then I learned that they actually cruise all over the world. That was a a shocker to me. I don't know why. So (laughs) that was so surprising. But yeah, so... Then I started interning while I was at Stetson um, over at Norwegian Cruise Line, then Royal Caribbean Guest Activities Entertainment, and also Production. So that kind of fueled my personal passion for the cruise line entertainment industry. And then during my MBA here at Stetson, I got this wonderful um, internship at the Imagination House over in Orlando, and I was working on a mutual project there with at the time, the director for Viking that was hiring for all the the cast and productions, Juan Cantu, and we basically just like became Facebook friends. And I told him that yeah, I enjoy singing, and he asked me if I dance, and I said, well, I do Zumba four times a week. That's the extent of my dancing abilities. Uh, I'm more of a mover than I am a dancer. So we just kept in contact, and I'll never forget it was at the airport um, back in. August of 2016, uh, my family and I were getting ready for a trip to Hawaii, and he messaged me on Facebook saying one of his male leads had dropped out last minute because he had some visa issues, and he asked me if I would be willing to audition for that spot, and at this time, I was kind of moving away from the performance realm. That's why I kind of, Mm -hmm. what what's sets in for my master's in business administration, I wanted to veer away from performance, because it's such a cutthroat and high stress, um, industry. So I thought making myself a little bit more well-rounded with a business degree, mm-hmm. but when he came to me with this opportunity, I thought, if I don't pursue performance now, something that I really love, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So while I was on family vacation, I learned everything that I had to do for this audition. And when I came back, I was so jet lagged at three 30 in the morning, I recorded my video submission sent it in and literally two days later he said we want you in Orlando for rehearsals in oh wow for for Viking so it all happened so quickly for me that it's still like a dream come true you know the the stars Mm -hmm. aligned the planets aligned it was kind of like one of those moments that you're in the right place at the right time Um, um and I haven't looked back since and Viking has truly been an incredible experience for me
0: it's really cool. And, and Manny, what's your story with, with Viking?
3: Well, mine wasn't that cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, of course, Brian being the big brother, he's been a trailblazer for both myself and for Michael. And I think it's been kind of convenient uh, for us and for our parents that we all kind of like similar things in terms of path or career and music and performance. Um, so, of course, I had interest in, in cruise ships as well. And in singing all the time, and if I can do that as a job, you know, the, the, po- the paycheck is just a bonus. Um, so right out of Stetson, I was in a management associate program with a bank in St. Petersburg, Florida. And it wasn't living up to what I was hoping it would be. I, I just was not happy. And Brian was, you know, living the dream, uh, performing and traveling off through the Mediterranean and, and the Baltic eventually. And told me how much fun he was having me. And Viking was being so successful with their new ocean ships that they were launching a new ship, uh, the Viking Sky in early 2017. So Brian told me, why don't you watch for Viking? So I reached out to Juan Cantu, one of our best friends now, the casting director at the time for Viking and for Merch mm-hmm. Productions. And he, he hired us. You know, he was very happy with our classical approach to the specific role for one of their awesome shows, Songscape. and I, I didn't look back from that. It was an opportunity to get back into singing, which is where I was actually happy. And it was, to this day, the best decision of my life. It was the only thing I had ever not completed in that band program. And totally taking a back pedal back into singing, and I, I was, it was the happiest year of my life, hands down.
0: That's really cool. And it's through Viking, you guys got to travel to all these awesome places, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Before we move forward, we want to make sure that you and all of our listeners know that um, we're not actually speaking on behalf of Viking. But everything that we say to you here is it's our personal experience and everything. Although we we love Viking and we consider ourselves good ambassadors for the company, we're not speaking on their behalf, of course. Got it. Got it. So,
0: okay, so let's start talking about some of the places that you visited to, right? So this episode, uh, we're going to be focusing specifically on some of the Nordic countries. Uh, Let's start with Denmark and Sweden. Um, I've I've actually been to those two, so we can kind of compare notes a little bit. Um, So let's say someone is visiting Denmark for the first time ever. Uh, I'm kind of going to give you guys the wheel to the ship, Pirate pun,
2: because I love pirates. What What's our itinerary? What should we do over there? Well, in Denmark, I say the place to be is Copenhagen. Um, it is absolutely incredible. There's so much to do. Um, it's the home of the Little Mermaid statue. I don't know if you saw that when you were there. Um, yeah. It's really, really neat just to see, and the tourists are always crowding around her. Um, but one of my favorite things to do in Copenhagen is go to visit Tivoli Gardens, um, which is kind of like a theme park that they have over there, and mm. actually where Walt Disney got his inspiration for Disneyland. Um, oh, wow. they got beautiful gardens, um, really cool rides as well that date back to the early 1900s. I want to say maybe, maybe 1800s, I think, late 1800s when Tivoli opened. Yeah. Um, and it's so historic um they also have a Ben and Jerry's there so my heart is there um but (laughs) Tivoli Gardens is a a definite a must in Copenhagen and the food is absolutely incredible and I'll pass it over to Manny on that
3: yeah you'll learn a lot of stuff I will talk about and things to visit and check out, and always going to be food-related. <laughs> <laughs> I am a hardcore foodie, whatever I go. Um, but yeah, Copenhagen is such a metropolitan place, and they have cuisine from all over the world. Uh, but their, their street food markets are my favorite. Um, both times I went to Copenhagen on both contracts, I um, we went to different food markets. And you get to see vendors from all over the world and cuisine from all over the world. Empanadas that had like red wine and steak inside, and everyone had spinach and like mozzarella and ricotta cheese. It was amazing the, the palette of stuff I got to experience mm-hmm. on these uh, shore excursions through a Viking. Tremblay uh, donuts was. Ooh, oh my, my gosh. <laughs> uh, that sounds amazing. Forget about it. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, Copenhagen is the fourth number one place everyone talks about uh, as a tourist for for visiting Denmark. Um, For other reasons, too, the city has these, I don't think they're new anymore, but electric scooters that you can just hop on and hop off, basically, all throughout um, the city and other Baltic countries as well. That was so much fun, just hopping on, riding around for a little bit, and hopping off and just leaving it parked on the sidewalk. was really cool. And another really unique thing to do in Copenhagen is visit Christiania, it's kind of like this haven um, in Europe. You have some more people who are more liberal about certain plants. <laughs> Catch my drift. Uh, I just wanted to see what it was like, and they have really good Thai food. <laughs> For some reason, Thai food is a big thing in Scandinavia, so I recommend checking out Kristiania just to see it's a whole new world, honestly, in there, as well as Nyhavn, right by the canals, beautiful area with restaurants and. Bars and beautiful people to check
2: out. Yeah, and in addition to Copenhagen, we also visited a a small little town of Alborg. Mm -hmm. It's called the coastal town there. Um, Would it be a town or a city? Mm -hmm. I guess both. I guess both. Somewhere in between. Um, It's definitely small, a small area, uh, but it's really, really nice. um, And there's this really cool place. I don't think it has an official name, but when I found it on Google, things to do in Alborg, there was this thing called the Music Park. Oh, cool. So we walk down the main street of, of the town, and you turn right, go underneath the railroad station, and when you come up, you're in this park, and right on your right-hand side are these beautiful trees with white flowers, and in front of each tree, it has a, a dedicated box to an artist. Say it's Luciano Pavarotti, or Prince, or Beyonce, um, Elton John, tons of artists from all over the world, and you press this little button, and it starts playing their music. That's really cool. And yeah. the trees are far enough apart that you can listen to multiple artists without, like, disrupting other people. So you'll see the tourists going there, clicking these boxes, and jamming to the music of their favorite artists, which I thought was really, really neat.
3: Yeah, very it, unique
2: experience.
0: Did it make you guys uh, want to break out in the song when you guys were there?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no Yeah. I also have to mention less. Yeah,
3: number one thing I like to do in Auborg is get some strawberry beer
2: Ooh, okay. at
3: the John Pub. It's super convenient because right where the ship docks, literally across the street. So it takes less than a minute to get there walking. And it's probably my favorite beer I've ever had. It was amazing. <laughs> the people are super nice. The staff is great. And, you know, the happiest person I ever met was from Auborg. Uh, This little old lady, she has her own little garden. And it was actually a Viking excursion. And we went to visit her on a tour. And she was just so happy and radiant just to have visitors and host us. And she had this um, Aquavit, which is a, a, I don't think it's Norwegian, but it's like a kind of Baltic liquor. Mm -hmm. And she was so excited for us to try it. Uh, I had never met anybody that happy in my life. So Denmark has some really happy
2: people do you know what makes aquavit manny mm-hmm. so it's i think it is norwegian um but it's uh it's an alcohol that it's not considered aquavit unless it has sailed around the world right. so once oh. it the barrel of aquavit goes around the world then it is officially considered aquavit which i think is really cool
0: <laughs> so one thing that i want to kind of touch on manny you mentioned meeting um <clears throat> a like really nice uh, lady over there. I think one of the um, kind of big uh, morals of the past few episodes was that it really is the people that make um, this planet special, right? And make traveling special. So I'm going off script a little bit here, um, but are, are there any kind of interesting people aside from her? Maybe Brian, if you want to kind of weigh in on like people that you've met
2: that, that you really want to shout out. Um, I mean, the guests that we meet every day on on the ship are incredible they Mm -hmm. come from all walks of life and they're just so happy to be traveling the world and the people that viking hires are seriously the best in the field uh from the housekeeping staff to the bar waiters um to even the captain you know and on a lot of cruise ships Mm -hmm. you never see the captain around and on our ships the, the captain makes an effort to to be visible, you know, um, and the people are just so nice down to earth. So it's not only the guests, but the crew as well. Um, I guess my, my favorite story is actually my very first cruise on the Viking sea back in 2016. Um, we had this event called dancing under the stars and I, I danced with, um, a lady named Pam and, um, she was sitting down I had befriended her earlier on, the, on in the cruise and I asked her, would you like to dance? And she came up. We were dancing um, uh, maybe Great Balls of Fire or something like that. But then um, our assistant cruise director, Elmer, went up and he started singing What a Wonderful World. So it was a slow dance. And I I kept dancing with her. And I I started singing along with Elmer to her the, the song by Louis Armstrong. And she started crying out of nowhere. And I was like, what's wrong? And she said, this was my wedding song with my late husband. Oh, my gosh. And I just, you know, and I felt her hold me just a little bit tighter. And she put her, her head on my shoulder. And she then she told me, he never sang it to me like you. But, <laughs> but you have made this cruise the most special um, vacation of my life. And it was in that moment that I realized I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. So there is no limit to the experiences that you can have traveling the world and the people that you meet make you Mm -hmm. a better person whether that's in culture beliefs or just being a a more positive thinker you know they 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 do do do. have an impact on you
0: that like melted my heart man those those yeah (laughs) i
2: kept a travel journal towards the beginning of my time with viking unfortunately now Mm -hmm. in in my position I'm. A lot busier than i was when i was in the cast so i don't keep up with it as much as i would like to but
0: she mm-hmm. was she's one of my general entries just all about pam because i'll never forget that really cool um okay so let's move on to sweden right i want to give a shout out to my uh, cousin lee she was actually uh, born and raised there uh she's probably not listening to this but you know in case she is shout out to her um so <laughs> Uh, I remember when I was there, I just kind of loved the overall atmosphere. What were some of the highlights uh, when you guys visited? In
2: Sweden, we have the, the old town, which is called Domestan. The mm-hmm. architecture there is incredible. Um, there are lots of narrow, winding roads, but the streets are a lot of cobblestone. So, ladies, if you're wearing heels, or down no, doesn't matter your preference, um, <laughs> don't wear mm-hmm. heels when you're walking on the cobblestones, because you get Easily twisted ankle. Um, and Ooh. then the other thing that I really recommend in Stockholm, Sweden, is the ABBA Museum. Um, hmm. While we were in the production cast both Manny and I, we did a, a performance that was like a an ABBA celebration. So when we went to this museum that was celebrating their careers, it was like stepping into their storybook and living our greatest ABBA life fantasy. They had a area in the museum where you could mix their songs or uh, do karaoke. So I remember when we went with other cast members we were singing the karaoke and when we came out all the other tourists in there were clapping because we actually sounded really good. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) So thank you for the music, Abba. (laughs) Uh,
3: Uh, Some fun uh, facts about Stockholm. There are so many 7-Elevens in (laughs) Stockholm. But you'll also be—I hope you would be as disappointed as I was—to learn that they don't have Slurpees for some reason. <laughs> what I know, I really? was heartbroken.
2: Well, you whoa. know how much sugar is in those Slurpees. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's the only reason I go to Sun Eleven for
3: for Slurpees. <laughs> so that was depressing. Uh, but they also have a really cool casino. I remember one, well, no, I think I've gone three times now. Every time I go to Stockholm with a new cast, I like to take my friends here It's a place called Rock and Bowl. It's a rock and roll themed bowling alley. And they have music videos of awesome rock bands playing the whole time while you're down there. Very friendly staff. It's kind of away from the hustle and bustle of the main city. So I always like checking that place out. And, of course, the food in Stockholm. Amazing. Uh, I had some good food with one of my friends, Sam Willison, down there. And they even had this cool underground food market called Vitekshaven. They love spelling that one. (laughs) But I had a really good donut down there. uh, And something I found really interesting is Stockholm really loves Fridays, as in the restaurant here, Fridays. (laughs) Interesting. In the square. Uh, they had a giant Friday's, and I, you know, just, just to be fun, uh, I was like, let's go to Friday's while we're in Stockholm, and the wait time was two and a half hours. I'm like, whoa! whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, everyone's so healthy to Stockholm, but they wanted Friday's for some reason, so I didn't want to try
2: that while well away from home.
0: But yeah, some fun. I mean, I guess Friday's is pretty good, right? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, the
2: potato skin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, many. just out of curiosity, what, what is your favorite food? I, I'll let you kind of off the leash, wherever you want. Oh, oh man. <laughs> you know,
3: I don't discriminate <laughs> Yeah. any food, but I think my, my heart is an Indian. Indian Ooh, food okay. is definitely my favorite because the palate is, is so wide and diverse. Um, I also love Disney, really random and irrelevant, but they have an <laughs> Indian restaurant uh, called Sana. Uh, mm-hmm. At the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and their best-selling uh, appetizer is their naan service. Like Naan is mm-hmm. in the bread, and it comes with, I think, eight or nine different dips, and each one is so different from the previous one. So yeah, in Indian food, it's, its it can be spicy, it can be sweet, yeah, it's amazing. But Indian food, and of course, Cuban food, made by Grandma, <laughs> Abuelita, the best chef <laughs> in the world. Those are right my my too. <laughs> there you go.
0: What, what about you brian do you have, do you have any favorite i'm foods?
2: very boring um i like yeah. i grew up with cuban food is my number one and a close second is um spanish food that just goes hand mm. in hand with my favorite place that i've been to in the world is barcelona um i can mm. have tapas all day because they're just small portions you know so you can try a bit mm. of everything but if you really like something you can have endless tapas and then yeah. with a glass of sangria on the side, you're set.
0: Hmm. So <laughs> nice. I like I like Italian food. Uh, oh, I only yeah. know how to make lasagna. That that's the only thing I know how to make, but I, th- I think I think Why I did do it pretty good. I, I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> what was that?
2: It's more than I can make. So I can really yeah, make okay. Italian. Well there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, now uh, for me, I'm going to kind of venture into uncharted territory. I have not been to Iceland or Norway, but I'm super ready to kind of learn more about them. Uh, we'll start with Iceland first. Um, contrary to popular belief, Iceland is not just ice, right? <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. what what are some of the, what are the, some of the things to do over there? Well, Iceland is
2: very, very unique. i never seen another place in the world that comes close to it. The, the terrain is, is very volcanic um, and very different. It, it almost looks um, extraterrestrial, to be honest. Uh, oh, cool. Iceland is a place where two tectonic plates actually meet. So the North American continent and the European continent both meet in Iceland. So there's a mm-hmm. national park that you can go to and literally stand between two continents. On one side, you have That's North like America. On the other side, you have Europe. It is one of the coolest things I've ever done. Iceland um, also is a really great leader in um, green energy, renewable resources and stuff. So they harness a lot of the, the thermal, thermal energy that comes from underneath the ground from all the volcanic activity that they have. Um, and one of the coolest things there that I've done personally is gone to visit the Blue Lagoon which was a a geothermal power source, but now they've actually opened it up a little bit more to tourists, and the silica in the water, the water almost glows blue. Um, It has such healing properties, Um, and it's so, so cool. They have these face masks that you can um, put on while you're in the water. They have a swim-up bar, and it's just so therapeutic. There's saunas and steam rooms. It's like a full-day spa, basically, at the Blue Lagoon. And it's a must-do in Iceland. It's over in the capital of Reykjavik.
0: I'm going to start taking notes, actually. Yeah,
3: <laughs> absolutely. Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon. <laughs> Rodriguez Travel Agency. <laughs> <No>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, not now. <laughs> not until the vaccine is announced, that's right. for sure.
3: Also, so is...
0: Sorry, ahead. I was just going to ask. So, so is, is Iceland, like is it considered um because you know you said that it's half like part of north america part europe right mm-hmm. so like do they consider it like solely one or the other or no is it i'm just pretty sure there?
2: they're more on the european side of things especially because okay. their, their culture um it. leans mm-hmm. more towards like the scandinavian and Nordic countries uh they're very inspired it. by that so i would say they're more european than they are north american yeah, for sure. it. Okay.
0: Yeah, just one I'm sorry, Minnie. You were saying? Yeah, a few things
3: Brian said. Uh, <laughs> if you've never seen a geyser in action, you have to check it out in Iceland. <laughs> uh, there was this Golden Circle tour that I did through biking, which was eight hours of just checking out cool terrain. Basically, it smells terrible. it <laughs> Smells like rotten egg Yeah, sulfur. the sulfur. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but there was this, I think one of the biggest guys they have there, and it launches, that's what I'm calling it, <laughs> every few minutes. And I got it on camera one day, and a really good picture where I was just freaking out. Um, I, I can't even tell you how high up the water shot up, but it was so cool. So yeah, guys are cool, but waterfalls are cooler. Oh, man. <laughs> In my opinion. <laughs> uh, another coastal town that uh, my second contracts. Uh, Third contract, actually. We stopped by, kind of not on purpose, Uh, we kind of dodged a a storm in Bergen. We had to leave Norway early, and we replaced that port with two in Iceland on our way across the North Atlantic. And we stopped in Akureyri, and Goldefoss was the most beautiful and epic waterfall I've ever seen up close. It was so cool and so massive. And the weather was great. So all those mixed together to make such a beautiful experience and awesome food hops. And Issa Fjordur was like the neighboring uh, port in Iceland where I had the best hot chocolate and carrot cake I've ever had in my
0: life. <laughs> Here we go. Time left for it again. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what is the weather usually like there in Iceland?
2: Cold. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> going to beat around the bush there. It is cold. Though. Yeah. It's really nice. Summer. Yeah. Uh, where you mm-hmm. can go out in, in shorts. Like, uh, I think my last contract, I was there um, in the summertime, July, and um, it was. I went out in shorts and a t-shirt, and two oh, weeks nice. later, I came back and I went out in jeans and my winter
3: coat. Oh wow! So, so the weather
2: can change uh, drastically, and Iceland also is. A wonderful place to see the northern lights. Um, we haven't seen them that often in our time with Viking. We did see them as we crossed the North Atlantic from Bergen to Canada, and seeing the northern lights is something that I recommend everybody should do. Um, it, I, 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 have no words honestly to, to, to kind of express that experience because it's otherworldly and um, you see a sheet of a light just break through the night sky and start waving um, and for all of our nordic and scandinavian friends it's just like another night but to us that live in florida you know something we have never seen like that it, it just it's so majestic and it, it was really cool so iceland and norway and sweden all these beautiful scandinavian countries you have to go during the winter time. Take the proper clothes, of course. But to see the Northern Lights is a wonderful experience.
0: Yeah, that that's been on my uh, bucket list for a while. See the Northern Lights, definitely. Mm-hmm. definitely one. So would Iceland be the you said Iceland would be the country
2: to do that then, right? Between all of them, you'd think. Um, either Iceland or Norway, and I only say that Iceland Norway, okay, two of my favorite places that I've been to personally.
0: Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess let's move on to Norway then. Um, Norway, uh, actually we were going to talk about Greece this episode, but we decided to kind of change things up. Uh, but Norway and Greece have been kind of at the top of my list, um, of countries that I want to visit. Um, I just get, I get the impression that Norway is just, maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, just drop dead, like gorgeous. I've only seen photos, but is it as beautiful as, uh, it has been made out to be?
2: You're absolutely right. Norway is beautiful of the Nordic and Scandinavian countries. This mm-hmm. one is probably the one that I've explored the most of. Uh, they have nice. tremendous waterfalls, mountains, fjords. It's absolutely breathtaking.
3: Yeah, it's hands down my favorite country. Um, oh, it's nice. stunning. It's not just the the various natural landscapes and just to see what God did, what Mother Nature put together, you know, it's it's her finest work, I say. And the the depictions of the movie that you see in Frozen are actually pretty accurate, especially Mm. when Elsa's doing Into the Unknown and she's running (laughs) onto these these rock tops, throwing her ice and stuff. You can see the fjords. It really does look like that. It's beautiful. Mm. And not just the landscape, but the people. The people are
0: beautiful. (laughs) I thought you were going to say food. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) of course. Everyone
3: was tall and blonde with light eyes. So Brian and I really stick out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so you guys know the drill. What kind of stuff do you recommend that we do over there?
2: Well, in Norway, um, I was very fortunate to take this itinerary with Viking called Into the Midnight Sun, which starts in Bergen and it takes you all the way to the top uh, of the country in Nortkate, which is the northernmost point in Europe. So it's pretty cool to say that I've been to the northernmost point. um, And that was really, really neat. Also, then going down south a little bit, you pass through the city of Tromso, which, again, during the wintertime, it's very dark. And you can see the northern lights. But I went during the summertime and actually went, um, like, sledding. Well, not sledding because it's in the winter. But um, what's the word in, like, in the daytime, Manny? I have no idea. You have no idea? Well, I did a tour (laughs) with the coolest huskies ever. We went to, like, a farm. And I was petting big huskies, puppy huskies. They were just incredible, and we hiked up a mountain. We took a break. The Huskies were so well-behaved. We had coffee and tea. Um, it was just so wonderful to, to be with puppies and dogs. Um, then you go a little for, further down south, you have Garanger, which is um, very deep in the fjords of Norway. Um, and the coolest thing to do there is to hike up to the top, or in my case, I didn't have time to hike, so I rented a little cart and drove up to the top, um, and they have the coolest waterfalls, coolest hikes. It's actually the home of the, the Seven Sisters Waterfall Manny, mm-hmm. right? Um, depending on what time of the year you go, you might have only three or four sisters, but um, usually it's seven waterfalls all in one spot. And then oh, cool. right across from them on the other side of the fjord is one massive waterfall that they refer to as the Bachelor. So you have the back on one side and the Seven Sisters planning for him on the other. Um, and then of course, uh, Bergen is one of my favorite cities. Um, it is where the Viking Ocean vessels are flagged from. And I can never get enough of Bergen. I go there, I feel like it's my second home because of how many times I've been there. Um, mm. And of course, I'll, I'll pass it over to Manny to tell you a little bit more about the cuisine there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Yes, I mentioned earlier, my favorite port is Ifjord for many reasons, uh, but mainly it's Norwegian waffles, which are a must. <laughs> and in Norway, the waffle there, the, the typical topping is sour cream, but it's nothing like sour cream here in what we're used to in the U.S. They taste totally different, so it's not going to be sour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they also have this, once again, a Thai food truck right by the water. There's a theme here with my recommendations. And this is an
2: Eidfjord, right? This is the Eidfjord, <laughs> And
3: they have various heights that so you can go on to the most serene lakes with stunning views. And then Bergen, as Brian mentioned, it's it's Vikings Homeport is what I call it. So it's probably the one we know best. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, a food recommendation, you got to stop at the sausage part. Yeah. <laughs> right at the foot <laughs> of Mount Floyen. And try the spicy and reindeer sausage. <laughs> <I> <laughs> promise it's not banned. <laughs> and Mount Burton is another uh, spot to check out there if you're into hiking. Uh, when I was there with my girlfriend, we took the cable car up to see the views, and they give view- you free cinnamon rolls as well if you're not too with mm-hmm. hiking. And then we decided to hike back down to really take in the nature and the other views you can see of the city and of the surrounding fjords. And just to give you an idea, like the vibe and atmosphere of Bergen, it was probably one of my favorite days of my contract. I was by myself and I decided to explore. We had an overnight in Bergen during a turnaround day. And I decided to play basketball because I hadn't been able to play as, well as we don't have a hoop on the ship.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, and I, so I bought a basketball in Italy and decided to go look for a basketball hoop in Bergen at like probably midnight and I found this open little court next to a church and I just started shooting around and I felt a hundred percent safe exploring I can't Mm -hmm. say that in Miami (laughs) or in a lot of places (laughs) here in in the U.S. but I felt totally safe and two, I think people my age that were slightly under the influence just started playing basketball with me uh, just for fun and they wouldn't let anybody else pass through the court without making a shot. And it was <laughs> hilarious and so much fun. I made uh, a friend, her name was uh, Victoria Eldegard. Um, I still keep up with her on, on Facebook. And it was just so much fun to see how the people, you know, something like basketball, which is not big at all in Norway, mm-hmm. um <laughs> people just want to have fun. And you know how easy I was able to connect with their people because they're so friendly. So I, I have a special place in my heart um, for Bergen.
2: Yeah. Another wonderful thing in Bergen also is that it's the, the home of Norwegian composer Edvard Grieg. So with yes. our musical background, I really enjoyed listening and learning about his music and his influence in Norway. Um, there's actually a tour that I went on that goes to his residence, his house that he had in Bergen. And they have this beautiful concert hall right outside his house, Um, So, on his property, and I got to watch a concert live there that was playing his music. So, that was really, really neat. So, just to kind of hark back to my musical roots from Stetson, I felt like I was stepping into music history there. So, Mm -hmm. Edvard Grieg had a, a big influence in Norwegian music and in the classical world, for sure.
0: Uh, maybe a bit random. Uh, I didn't put this in the show notes, but do you got, do you, can you guys sing for us? Oh, Joe.
2: <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> if not, it's okay. You know, well, maybe, maybe, let's see. Maybe <laughs> towards the end, maybe towards the, okay, end, towards the end.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll save it for the, for the grand finale. Yes, yes. do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, now I know we have some history buffs that like this podcast and, obviously Vikings played a big kind of role when it comes to these countries. Um, is there any fun like history facts that you guys wanna share with us that you guys have learned? Uh, yeah, uh, some fun facts that I,
3: I learned recently as well, is of mm-hmm. course, you know, you've seen Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny wearing the, the Viking yeah. helmet, of course, um, or it's not over to the Fat Lady Sings, you see these horns on the helmets and it's actually not very accurate um, <laughs> that the Viking helmets, yeah. they didn't have horns. We have this cool little Viking heritage museum, is what we call it, on board all the Viking cruise ships, and they kind of show a lot of artifacts and what um, certain things looked like and about how the Vikings lived. And turns out their helmets were horn-free. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. It must have been, you know, fabricated into descriptions um, in the later centuries by other artists and painters. And the Bluetooth symbol which is, like, mm-hmm. that star and, like, that bee-looking thing. It's actually uh, the Futhark Bindrun, which is, like, a, a term um, for the letters. Um, they're named after um, Harold Bluetooth, which was uh, he led the, the tribes of Denmark into one single kingdom. And that's what's named after, actually. Pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was excellent. That was really neat. And they have that in, in the Little Heritage Museum also for you history buffs out there the, the viking age wasn't really that long it was only about like 300 years uh between mm-hmm. the late 8th and 11th centuries and there were three quote-unquote groups of vikings you had the norwegians the the swedish and the danish vikings so mm-hmm. the norwegians explored towards the west so towards like uh parts of Ireland. Iceland, um, Greenland, and even towards Canada. Then the Danish, they kind of went south. uh, After hitting England, they went towards the Mediterranean, so like France and Spain and even little parts of Italy. And then the Swedish ones were very different. They actually explored through rivers, and they explored a lot of what is modern-day Russia and Eastern Europe. So they went down the like the Volga rivers and everything all the way down to Turkey, which I thought was really oh, wow cool. yeah. yeah, and something that Manny had also mentioned, uh, the Viking Heritage Museum that we have on board the ocean vessels, we have like an animated version of the bayou Tapestry, which is like a medieval um embroidered fabric that was it captured the Battle of Hastings, which for history buffs know that was mm-hmm. like mark the the end of the Viking Age, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just really, really neat how it captures all of that and the Viking Age basically ending with the defeat of King Harold II by William the Duke of Normandy in 1066. And these are all things that we're exposed to on the ship because there's so much Scandinavian influence in the design and architecture of the ship, from the public spaces to the spa. The spa has um, a lot of Nordic rituals where you go from hot to cold um, to kind of reinvigorate the body, um, increase blood flow and help your muscles heal faster. Um, the bar in the main um, a living room area is made of klinka wood, which is used was used by the Vikings to make their longships, actually. Oh, cool. So Throughout the ship, if you ever do go on a Viking cruise, you'll see all these Scandinavian inspirations throughout the ship, which I, I always find really, really neat and share with the guests every time they come on.
0: I'll have to go on a uh, Viking cruise when uh, you guys are working. Yes, you, yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so uh before we officially kind of wrap up this kind of interview section, I know you guys are uh very close brothers. I know you guys are close with Michael as well. Uh what has been the highlight of your time getting to travel uh, with each other? Well, we were actually roommates um, for <laughs> one of our contracts together. <laughs> Ryan was on the Viking Sea and I was
3: on the Viking Sky, and then we actually mm-hmm. did a contract together as cast members.
2: Like this guy. It was like Stetson all over again. <laughs> yeah, we can't
3: get enough of each other. Like I said,
2: we actually get along. We're 15
3: months apart. And you know, we actually like each other. I guess
2: that's good parenting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so that was really cool to have Manny as my roommate and explore the world together. Um, then I... After we kind of stopped working in the cast, I got my first job as an assistant cruise director on Viking in later 2017 right man was it 2017 yeah and uh, as part of being an assistant cruise director we were required to perform our own cabaret in the theater so we had to headline a show which i thought was really cool because i could still hark back to my roots and my passion of performance um and i remember the first time that i had to perform i was super super nervous Um, And I had happened to have missed um, Michael's graduation from Stetson, unfortunately, because this opportunity came up. And I thought, sometimes opportunities don't come knocking twice. So I took the opportunity, I got Michael's blessing. And (laughs) to to make it up to him, I actually invited him to come and sail with me on the Viking Star, where I was assistant cruise director. And he was there for the debut of my cabaret. He saw how nervous I was. I was pacing my room. I was pacing backstage. And at the last minute, Michael, being the good baby brother he is, he was like, Brian, do you want me to sing a song in your show just to give you a breather backstage? So, like, you could just relax. And I was like, Michael, that is genius.
4: Hmm. So
2: cool. I, you know, I, as I was performing at one point in the show, I said, all right, I think I'm going to take a little break here and introduce you to somebody very special, and that was Michael. So he came on, he was in the audience, and he came up on stage, and he sang No Puede Ser. Um, it's a Spanish song that Plácido Domingo sings, and completely brought the house down. Uh, he got a standing ovation in the middle of the show, uh-huh. Um, and he just did an incredible job and then he invited me back out and together we sang a duet and it was just for me to have debuted my solo cabaret with my brother by my side was fantastic
0: <laughs> that's awesome that's really cool yep. Um. okay so before we let you guys go we are going to play a game uh, because you know we like playing games with our guests and oh, this oh, is actually going to be there's <laughs> actually going to be a brand new game that we are debuting on the podcast. I'm hoping um, that this can be kind of the main game that we play each episode with our guests if, you know, the listeners like it. Uh, so you guys are going to be my guinea pigs. I hope that's Whoa. okay. Do okay. <laughs> um, you know. we have a so choice? Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we could play Disney Character 20 Questions if you guys want. No, no, no. Let's do your new Okay. Game. Your new so okay so obviously expedition odyssey deals a lot with exploring the weir- the real world uh through video games and a lot of the franchises um that we cover deal with historical fiction so with that said this is how the game is going to work it's called uh lesh's bs history okay <laughs> so <laughs> i'm going to read you guys a statement it could be about a character a place or an event um and you have to tell me if that character, place, or event is real or a work of fiction. And when I read the statement, it'll be a clear kind of... I'll be very clear with what I'm looking for when it comes to your answers, okay? Okay. Um, (laughs) So, we're going to do a very easy practice question so you guys have an idea of how the game works, all right? All right. So, practice question. Uh, The game, Assassin's Creed III, takes place during the American Revolution. Uh, Connor, the main character, is aided by uh, many characters, some fictional and some based on real-life figures. Is this character based on a real-life figure or is he fictional? Uh, George Washington. B.S. False. B.S. (laughs) B.S. B.S. I know you guys are joking, but, you know, George Washington is real. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of how the game will work. Okay, yeah. Um, so b- before we get um into the actual games, uh, we will be getting both of your answers, but we'll take turn on who answers first, just so no one is like copying the other person. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, so we'll we'll start with question one. I have five questions for you guys. We'll start with Brian first for question one, and then question All two right. we'll start with Manny. All right? All right. Okay. So in the game Uncharted Four. Nathan Drake searches for the treasure of the pirate Henry Avery. Is Henry Avery based on a real life uh real life person or is he fictional?
2: Possibly. <laughs> Possibly? <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say yes because I I'm not really familiar with pirate history but I'm going to say yes that sounds very real.
0: Real. Okay. Manny, what do you think?
3: You know I have no idea. Avery says it could be a pirate so gonna say it is true.
0: It is true. Okay. Uh yes, you are both correct. Uh, Henry Avery was a real pirate. So, well done. All right. <laughs> All right. Question 2. In 2013, the Tomb Raider franchise was rebooted reconstruction reconstructing can't talk the origins of Lara Croft. Uh, the game takes place on Yamatai, an island off the coast of Japan. Is Yamatai a real location? We'll go with Manny first this time. Well, I knew
3: everything you said in the beginning was factual, but then you got me with Yamatai. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it sounds like it could be Japanese, but I'm going to say yes. Yes, it
2: is. Yes, it's real? Yes, it's real. Okay. I briefly sailed through Japan and never did I hear of an island named Yamatai. But Japan is a big country,
0: so Mm. I could be wrong in saying this, but I'm going to say false, no. All right, so Yamatai is actually a fictional island. Yes! Um, Not real. Not a real location. (laughs) I'm two for two. (laughs) All right. All right, (laughs) (laughs) All right, so number three. Uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, uh, released in 2015, had a DLC, downloadable content, based on Jack the Ripper, a serial killer based in London. Was Jack the Ripper ever identified? We'll go with Brian first.
2: Oh. Oh. Was he ever identified? Um, I know of the stories of Jack the Ripper, but I'm going to go with mm-hmm. no I'm going to say he okay. remained anonymous,
3: and I mean, it's Jack the Ripper, excellent, his name is Jack, You <laughs> know that much. <laughs> I have no idea, but yeah. I think it's cooler if we don't know who he is, so I will say no We never find out who he is.
0: Okay, yes, you guys are both correct. Um, yes! We still don't know who Jack the Ripper ever was. Um, there are theories, but nothing has been confirmed. So, well done. Uh, Brian, you're three for three, man. Yep. Yeah. You, you do it really well.
2: Thank you. All right.
0: Thank you, that's, that's an education. Yeah, that's, that's an that's education. education. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question four. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a long one, so bear with me. Um, we're going to talk about the game Red Dead Redemption, set uh, during the decline of the American frontier. Um, it follows John Marston, who is a outlaw, um, and he meets a bunch of interesting characters throughout his adventure, um, including Professor Harold McDougall, who studies the Native Americans, is... Professor Harold McDougall based on a real character or is he fictional?
3: I think Harold McDougall is a fictional name, but based on an actual person.
0: Interesting, okay. Hmm,
2: no, I'm not buying a name like McDougal, I say he's false fiction. BS.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah, that is straight BS. Um Nothing real about him. (laughs) Oh, no. There we go. There
2: we
0: go. Well done, Brian.
2: uh -uh. Nope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. And this brings us to the last question. Um, Question five. We're going to be talking about uh, the game Persona 5. So, in that game, uh, the main character is known as the Phantom Thieves. Um, awaken to special powers to defeat the shadows. They use physical manifestations of their psyche known as personas. Uh, The personas were all themed after outlaws. One of the personas is named Johanna. Was Johanna based on a real outlaw or was she straight up BS?
2: Is it me first? It is you first. (laughs) Oh, darn. Okay, there's a lot of pressure because I want to get five for five. (laughs) <laughs> um, i'm gonna say that somebody real inspired the character of johanna
0: okay and uh, what do you think just for
3: fun i'm
2: going to say the opposite
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so i'm gonna i'm pulling up um an article here because um, it's actually kind of interesting. And I, I figured, you know, people like, uh, I like Persona 5. It's my favorite game ever. So um, people might be interested in kind of learning about this. So Johanna was actually um inspired by uh, Pope Joanne, um, who reigned as a pope for a few years during the Middle Ages. Um, people thought she was male, but then she ended up um, she ended up giving birth, and she died um, shortly after that. People find out that she was female. Um,
2: so, but she that, was real. But she, she, was was real. Real. Was she was real. That was five for five. Uh-huh. Yeah, you
0: got it. <laughs> well I like well done, Brian. I like it. Yeah, you I like the it. game? It's a
3: Christmas miracle in
0: August. <laughs> <laughs> so that, ladies and gentlemen, was uh, Lesh's BS History. Um, we'll be sure to play that again with more guests um, as we continue on. But, yeah, thanks yeah. for guys, thanks for being my guinea pigs, guys. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No
4: problem.
0: Yeah. Honor um quote. Yeah. So, yeah. And thanks for coming on to Expedition Odyssey. Uh, before we head out, do you guys want to um, plug any social medias or anything like that? Um,
2: not not really. I mean, I have a website, okay. brianbeyondborders.com, that I put all my travel on, like where uh, my next contract is taking me. But obviously right now, uh, due to the shutdown, in the cruise line industry mm-hmm i um, not traveling very much right now, but um, just to the kitchen, just to the kitchen, <laughs> to the kitchen. Um, but um, there, there is hope. Uh, one of our uh, sister companies, MSC, has started sailing again and came back with zero confirmed COVID cases, which is oh, nice. a beacon of light for the industry, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're very much looking forward to getting back out there, um, but only when it is safe to do so. Um, so I have that website, and then you could look for us on, on Instagram. I think my, mm-hmm. my handle is b.rodtenner And Manny, what are you?
0: Punny guy. 94 <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, I totally forgot. Did you guys want to sing for us before we close out? Sure, sure. Right.
2: <laughs> um, so one of our favorite um, Italian art songs, I guess you would call it, um we usually do this with michael as a trio but um mm-hmm. i guess we'll do it as a little duet now uh not the whole thing let's just do like the, the last <laughs> first acapella yeah well yeah, try. yeah we can do a cappella. we're gonna move our computer a little bit back because famously we're loud we're loud <laughs> yeah no worries <laughs> let's see and plug it there Manny. all right so let's see is that far enough i think that's far enough just, oh, we're gonna move further back too. Can you still hear us? I can, yeah. Alright. Let's see.
4: Where
2: is it? Okay. From where? Yeah,
4: okay. 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 Ready? Stand fronte a oh sole, oh sole mio, stand fronte a te, stand fronte
0: a there you go. Yay. <laughs> that was awesome. Matt, I, I feel like that was in a perform. lower key because we push. hadn't warmed up, but yeah. hey.
2: Yeah?
0: Hey, it's way better than That's what been I would do. While. All.
2: It's been a while. It's been a while. The
0: instrument's a little rusty. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah? I'm sure you guys are ready to, to get well, back out and perform again. Well, thanks so much it for, for it again, having right?
2: us on. I'm sorry? Of course. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was just going to say, I bet you guys are excited to get back out there and perform it again, yeah? Yes. <laughs> Can't yes. Wait. Can't wait. Yeah. Very <laughs> eager. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and kind of close this out. Uh, if you guys love the show, there are a few ways you can help support. Uh, you can follow Expedition Odyssey on Instagram at, at, uh, at Expedition Odyssey. And you can follow me at, at Lesh's More. Uh, please share us around and leave us a review. It really helps me out a lot. Uh, thanks again, Brian and Manny. Um, this is your captain, Lesh Ban. I'm signing out, and we'll see you next time on Expedition Odyssey.
2: Thanks, Lesh. <laughs> back.